This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information and to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rainer Obgenheim. The Awful German Language by Mark Twain. Part 3. In my notebook, I find this entry July the 1st. In the hospital yesterday, a word of thirteen syllables was successfully removed from a patient, a North German from near Hamburg, but as most unfortunately, the surgeons had opened him in the wrong place, under the impression that he contained a panorama, he died. The sad event has cast a gloom over the whole community. That paragraph furnishes a text for a few remarks about one of the most curious and notable features of my subject, the length of German words. Some German words are so long that they have a perspective. Observe these examples. Freundschaftsbezeigungen, dilettanten Aufdringlichkeiten, Stadtverordnetenversammlungen. These things are not words, they are alphabetical processions, and they are not rare. One can open a German newspaper any time and see them marching majestically across the page, and if he has any imagination he can see the banners and hear the music too. They impart a martial thrill to the meekest subject. I take a great interest in these curiosities. Whenever I come across a good one, I stuff it and put it in my museum. In this way, I have made quite a valuable collection. When I get duplicates, I exchange with other collectors and thus increase the variety of my stock. Here are some specimens, which I lately bought at an auction sales of the effects of a bankrupt brick-brick hunter. Generalstaatsverordnetenversammlungen, Altertumswissenschaften, Kinderbewahrungsanstalten, Unabhängigkeitserklärungen, Wiederherstellungsbestrebungen, Waffenstillstandsunterhandlungen. Of course, when one of these grand mountain ranges goes stretching across the printed page, it adorns and ennobles that literary landscape but at the same time it is a great distress to the new student, for it blocks up his way. He cannot crawl under it, or climb over it, or tunnel through it. So he resorts to the dictionary for help, but there is no help there. The dictionary must draw the line somewhere, so it leaves this sort of words out. And this is right, because these long things are hardly legitimate words, but are rather combinations of words, and the inventor of them ought to have been killed. They are compound words, with the hyphens left out. The various words used in building them are in the dictionary, but in a very scattered condition, so you can hunt the materials out one by one, and get the meaning at last, but it is a tedious and harassing business. I have tried this process 
upon some of the above examples. Freundschaftsbezeigungen seems to be friendship demonstrations, which is only a foolish and clumsy way of saying demonstrations of friendship. Unabhängigkeitserklärungen seems to be independence declarations, which is no improvement upon declarations of independence, so far as I can see. Generalstaatsverordnetenversammlungen seems to be general states representatives meetings, as nearly as I can get at it, a mere rhythmical gushy euphemism, a mere rhythmical gushy euphemism for meetings of the legislature. I judge, we used to have a good deal of this sort of crime in our literature, but it has gone out now. We used to speak of a thing as a never-to-be-forgotten circumstance, instead of cramping it into the simple and sufficient word memorable, and then going calmly about our business, as if nothing had happened. In those days we were not content to embalm the thing and bury it decently. We wanted to build a monument over it. But in our newspapers the compounding disease lingers a little to the present day, but with the hyphens left out, in the German fashion. This is the shape it takes. Instead of saying, Mr. Simmons, clerk of the country and district courts, was in town yesterday. The new form puts it thus. Clerk of the country and district courts, Simmons, was in town yesterday. This saves neither time nor ink, and has an awkward sound besides. One often sees a remark like this in our papers. Mrs. Assistant District Attorney Johnson returned to her city residence yesterday for the season. That is a case of really unjustifiable compounding, because it not only saves no time or trouble, but confers a title on Mrs. Johnson, which she has no right to. But these little instances are trifles indeed, contrasted with the ponderous and dismal German system of piling jumbled compounds together. I wish to submit the following local item from a Mannheim journal, by way of illustration. In the day before yesterday, shortly after eleven o'clock night, the in his town standing tavern, called the Wagoner, was downburned. When the fire to the on the downburning house resting stork's nest reached, flew the parent storks away. But when the by the aging, fire surrounded nest itself caught fire, straight away plunged the quick-returning mother stork into the flames and died, her wings over her young ones outspread. Even the cumbersome German construction is not able to take the pathos out of that picture. Indeed, it somehow seems to strengthen it. This item is dated away back yonder months ago. I could have used it sooner but I was waiting to hear from the father stork. I am still waiting. Also, if I had not shown that the German is a difficult language, 
I have at least intended to do so. I have heard of an American student who was asked how he was getting along with his German, and who answered promptly, I am not getting along at all. I have worked it hard for three level months, and all I have got to show for it is one solitary German phrase, zwei Glas, that means two glasses of beer. He paused for a moment, reflectively, then added with feeling, but I've got that solid. And if I have not also shown that German is a harassing and infuriating study, my execution has been at fault and not my intent. I heard lightly of a worn and sorely tried American student who used to fly to a certain German word for relief when he could bear up under his aggravations no longer. The only word in the whole language whose sound was sweet and precious to his ear and a healing to his lacerated spirit. This was the word damit. It was only the sound that helped him, not the meaning. It merely means, in its general sense, herewith. And so, at last, when he learned that the emphasis was not on the first syllable, his only stay and support was gone and he faded away and died. I think that a description of any loud, stirring, tumultuous episode must be tamer in German than in English. Our descriptive words of this character have such a deep, strong, resonant sound, while their German equivalents do seem so thin and mild and energyless. Boom! Burst! Crash, roar, storm, bellow, blow, thunder, explosion. Howl, cry, shout, yell, groan, battle, hell. These are magnificent words. They have a force and magnitude of sound, befitting the things which they describe. But their German equivalents would be ever so nice to sing the children to sleep with, or else my awe-inspiring ears were made for display and not for superior usefulness in analyzing sounds. Would any man want to die in a battle which was called by so tame a term as a schlacht, or would not a consumptive feel too much bundled up who was about to go out in a shirt collar and a seal ring into a storm which the birdsong word gewitter was employed to describe and observe the strongest of the several german equivalents for explosion ausbruch our word toothbrush is more powerful than that it seems to me that the german could do worse than import it into their language to describe particularly tremendous explosions with the german word for hell hölle sounds more like helly than anything else therefore how necessary chipper frivolous and unimpressive it is if a man were told in german to go there could he really rise to the dignity of feeling insulted having pointed out in detail 
the several vices of this language, I now come to the brief and pleasant task of pointing out its virtues, the capitalizing of the nouns I have already mentioned, but far before this virtue stands another, that of spelling a word according to the sound of it. After one short lesson in the alphabet, the student can tell how any German word is pronounced without having to ask. Whereas in our language, if a student should inquire of us, what does B-O-W spell? We should be obliged to reply, nobody can tell what it spells when you set it off by itself. You can only tell by referring to the context and finding out what it signifies, whether it is a thing to shoot arrows with, or the knot of one's head, or the forward end of a boat. There are some German words which are singularly and powerfully effective. For instance, those which describe lowly, peaceful, and affectionate home life, those which deal with love in any and all forms, from mere kindly feeling and honest goodwill towards the passing stranger, clear up to courtship, those which deal with outdoor nature in its softest and loveliest aspects with meadows and forests and birds and flowers the fragrance and sunshine of summer and the moonlight of peaceful winter nights in a word those which deal with any and all forms of rest repose and peace those also which deal with the creatures and marvels of fairyland and lastly and chiefly in those words which express pathos is a language surpassingly rich and effective. There are German songs which can make a stranger to the language cry. That shows that the sound of the words is correct. It interprets the meanings with truth and with exactness, and so the ear is informed, and through the ear, the heart. The Germans do not seem to be afraid to repeat a word when it is the right one. They repeat it several times, if they choose. That is wise. But in English, when we have used a word a couple of times in a paragraph, we imagine we are growing tautological, and so we are weak enough to exchange it for some other word, which only approximates exactness. To escape what we wrongly fancy is a greater blemish. Repetition may be bad, but surely inexactness is worse. There are people in the world who will take a great deal of trouble to point out the faults in a religion or a language, and then go blandly about their business without suggesting any remedy. I am not that kind of a person. I have shown that the German language needs reforming. Very well, I am ready to reform it. At least, I am ready to make the proper suggestions. Such a course as this might be immodest in another, but I have devoted upwards of nine full weeks, first and last, to a careful and critical study of this tongue, and thus have acquired a confidence in my ability to reform it, which no mere superficial culture would have conferred upon me. In the first place, I would leave out the dative case. It confuses the plurals, and besides, 
Nobody ever knows when he is in the dative case, except he discovers it by accident, and then he does not know when or where it was that he got into it, or how long he has been in it, or how he is ever going to get out of it again. The dative case is but an ornamental folly. It is better to discard it. In the next place, I would move the verb further up to the front. You may load up with ever so good a verb, but I notice that you never really bring down a subject with it at the present German range. You only cripple it. So I insist that this important part of speech should be brought forward to a position where it may be easily seen with the naked eye. Thirdly, I would import some strong words from the English tongue, to swear with, and also to use in describing all sorts of vigorous things in a vigorous way. Verdammt and its variations and enlargements are words which have plenty of meaning, but the sounds are so mild and ineffectual that German ladies can use them without sin. German ladies who could not be induced to commit a sin by any persuasion or compulsion promptly rip out one of these harmless little words when they tear their dresses or don't like the soup. It sounds about as wicked as our migracious. German ladies are constantly saying Ach Gott! Mein Gott, Gott im Himmel, Herr Gott, der Herr Jesus, etc. They think our ladies have the same custom, perhaps. For I once heard a gentle and lovely old German lady say to a sweet young American girl, The two languages are so alike. How pleasant that is. We say, Ach Gott, you say, God damn. Fourthly, I would reorganize the sexes, and distribute them according to the will of the Creator, this as a tribute of respect, if nothing else. Fifthly, I would do away with those great long compounded words, or require the speaker to deliver them in sections, with intermissions for refreshments. To wholly do away with them would be best for ideas are more easily received and digested when they come one at a time than when they come in a bulk. Intellectual food is like any other. It is pleasanter and more beneficial to take it with a spoon than with a shovel. Sixthly, I would require a speaker to stop when he is done and not hang a string of those useless haben sind gewesen gehabt haben geworden seins to the end of his oration this sort of gavgos undignify a speech instead of adding a grace there are therefore an offense and should be discarded seventhly i would discard the parenthesis also the reparenthesis the re reparenthesis and the re 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 reparenthesis and likewise the final, wide-reaching, all-enclosing king parenthesis. I would require every individual, be he high or low, to unfold a plain, straightforward tail, or else coil it and sit on it 
and hold his peace. Infractions of this law should be punishable with death. And eighthly and lastly, I would retain Zug and Schlag with their pendants and discard the rest of the vocabulary. This would simplify the language. I have now named what I regard as the most necessary and important changes. These are perhaps all I could be expected to name for nothing, but there are other suggestions, which I can and will make, in case my proposed application shall result in my being formally employed by the government in the work of reforming the language. My philological studies have satisfied me that a gifted person ought to learn English, bearing spelling and pronouncing, in thirty hours, French in thirty days, and German in thirty years. It seems manifest, then, that the latter tongue ought to be trimmed down and repaired. If it is to remain as it is, it ought to be gently and reverently set aside among the dead languages, for only the dead have time enough to learn it. A Fourth of July oration in the German tongue, delivered at a banquet of the Anglo-American Club of Students by the author of this book. Gentlemen, since I arrived a month ago in this old wonderland, this vast garden of Germany, my English tongue has so often proved a useless piece of baggage to me, and so troublesome to carry around, in a country where they haven't the checking system for luggage, that I finally set to work and learned the German language. Also, es freut mich, dass dies so ist, denn es muss in ein hauptsächlich degree höflich sein, dass man auf ein occasion like this seine Rede in die Sprache des Landes, worin he boards, aussprechen soll. Dafür habe ich, aus rheinische Verlegenheit, no, Vergangenheit, no, I mean Höflichkeit, aus rheinische Höflichkeit habe ich resolved to tackle this business in the German language, um Gottes Willen. Also, Sie müssen so freundlich sein und verzeih mich die Interlording von ein oder zwei englischer Worte, hier und da, denn ich finde, dass die Deutsche is not a very copious language, and so when you've really got anything to say, you've got to draw on a language that can stand the stain. Wenn aber man kann nicht meinem Rede verstehen, so werde ich ihm später dasselbe übersetzt, wenn er solche Dienste verlangen wollen haben werden sollen sein hätte. I don't know what wollen habe werden sollen sein hätte means, but I noticed they always put it at the end of a German sentence, merely for general literary gorgeousness, I suppose. This is a great and justly honored day, a day which is worthy of the veneration, in which it is held by the true patriots of all climes and nationalities a day which offers a fruitful theme for thought and speech, und meinem Freunde, no, meinen Freunden, um, meines Freundes, well, take your choice, they're all the same price. 
I don't know which one is right. Also, ich habe gehabt haben worden gewesen sein, as Goethe says in his Paradise Lost. Ich, ich, that is to say, ich, but let us change cars. Also, die Anblick so vieler großbritannischer und amerikanischer, hier zusammengetroffen in brüderliche Concord, ist zwar a welcome and inspiring spectacle, and what has moved you to it? Can the terse German tongue rise to the expression of this impulse? Is it Freundschaftsbezeigungen statt verorteten Versammlungen Familieneigentümlichkeiten? Nein, oh nein. This is a crisp and noble word, but it fails to pierce the mirror of the impulse which has gathered this friendly meeting and produced diese Anblick. Eine Anblick, welche ist gut zu sehen, gut für die Augen in a foreign land and a far country. Eine Anblick, solche als in die gewöhnliche Heidelberger Phrase nennt man ein schöne Aussicht. Ja, freilich natürlich wahrscheinlich ebenso wohl. Also, die Aussicht auf dem Königsstuhl mehr größerer ist, aber geistliche sprechend nicht so schön, lob Gott. Because, sie sind hier zusammengetroffen, in bruderlichem Concord, einen großen Tag zu feiern, whose high benefits were not for one land and one locality only, but have conferred a measure of good upon all lands that know liberty today and love it. Hundert Jahre vorüber waren die Engländer und die Amerikaner Feinde, aber heute sind sie herzlichen Freunde. Gott sei Dank. May this good fellowship endure. May these banners here blended in amity so remain. May they never any more wave over opposing hosts, or be stained with blood which was kindred, is kindred, and always will be kindred until a line drawn upon a map shall be able to say this bars the ancestral blood from flowing in the veins of the descendant end of part three end of the awful german language by mark twain <laughs>